attention to the book of Nehemiah for just a few moments, and we're going to be quick this evening, but I do want to encourage you in a couple of ways, because as you come to the book of Nehemiah, you see a burden. And I wonder tonight if, if you have a burden, or when was the last time you got a burden for something or someone, specifically the will of God, or the word of God, or the ways of God, and we're going to touch on that here in just a few moments. And as you come to the book of Nehemiah, there's a lot that's transpiring. Many of you have been through the study as we as a church went through the book of Nehemiah, and my mind could not shake this book of the Bible and this pastor scripture when I began to consider these young people. Here's why, because as you come to chapter number one, Nehemiah is confronted with something that is brought to him. There are news that are brought to him. There's a a fire, there's a wall that is falling down, there's a burden immediately that he begins to receive upon his heart. And the Bible tells us in verse number four, and it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and mourned and and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. So all of this, the, the news that are brought to him, immediately he begins to sit down and weave, and a burden is on his heart now. As I was sitting in an auditorium full of young people, the Lord began to uh, ignite that, that burden even deeper within my heart for this next generation. As I was watching young people that were just crying out to the Lord, as I was watching young people together singing songs and having their arms around each other and praying together, and they were listening to the preaching of God's Word, I began, as I I sat back many rows the last couple of nights, I just looked. Auditorium full of young people. A preacher preaching on uh, the cross and a preacher preaching on serving the next generation. A preacher preaching on purity and holiness and all of these many things that he was touching on. And young people just engaged. And I was sitting behind them and just kind of soaking it all in. Many of you know uh, we love young people and we love this next generation. That is the whole reason we started our Generation to Generation Youth Conference. Not so that we as a church can say, oh yeah, we host a a youth meeting and you ought to come. No, it's because we want to reach them. We don't just want them coming and saying, yeah, I went to the generation and generation youth conference. No, we want them to sit under the preaching of God's word and say, yeah, I was at that youth conference, but it wasn't because I was just there. It was the, the preaching of God's word. It was the emphasis on the Word of God and what the Lord had for me. And as you come to this book of the Bible, in the book of Nehemiah, there's a burden that all of a sudden Nehemiah has. But this isn't where I want to draw your attention tonight. Uh, My prayer is that you would get a burden for your generation and the next generation and this generation and these young people and your church family and this community and this area of Clarksville. I pray that you get a burden. But we must ask ourselves, what can we do together? As you come to chapter number two, you're aware that Nehemiah is in the presence of the king. And the king, very simply to summarize, says, your, your countenance is different. You've never been this way in my presence. What is going on? And Nehemiah doesn't answer the king. He calls on to the Lord. He takes this opportunity and says, Lord, very simply, if it's your will, then provide here. And so all of a sudden, the Lord begins to open the door. And he begins to allow Nehemiah to be used of the Lord to accomplish the mission that is before him. So now you come to chapter number three. Look with me, if you would, for just a moment. I want you to notice these words. You're going to see different gates that are mentioned. We could place an emphasis on all the gates as we have done before and understand what each of them meant. But I want you to notice what the Bible says here. In verse number one, then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They sanctified it. 
and set up the doors of it, even unto the tower of me, sanctified it, unto the tower of Hananiel, and next unto him build it, the men of Jericho, and next to them build it. As you go on through chapter number three, you're going to see these words, verse number four, next unto him, them repaired. Again, next unto them repaired, next unto them repaired, next unto them, next unto them, all throughout chapter number three. You, you see a group of people that, that get serious about these things. A group of people that understand that the work of God is right before them and they have an opportunity to do something. Right in the midst of all of that, I want you to notice a couple of things. Because in verse number 5, notice what the Bible says. And next unto them, the Tekoites, repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. You see, there's always a, a, a small group. And that says, ah, fooey with that. Ah, you're, you're taking this whole thing a little too serious. And there's always those who are sitting in the presence of the work of God that might say, very simply, let me, let me bring it to, to a T tonight for you and help you to understand that, that there might be some that are sitting there saying, oh yeah, those teenagers, they went to camp, they got on fire, and yeah, we could encourage them, we could, you know, bring them along, we could be there with them, we could pray for them, but I mean, is it really worth it? I mean, they're going to youth conference in a couple of weeks. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Hey, they've got a youth conference at the end of July. We'll see what happens there. They've got youth activities. They've got youth functions. They're, they're, they're going to have all of these. I will, well, you know, is it really that big of a deal? And notice in chapter number three that there are those who understood the assignment, if you would. They, 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 they sanctified it. They, next unto them built it. And next to them built it. And next to them repaired. And you begin to see that all throughout chapter number three. And I want you to notice something here in chapter number three because as you walk through the groups, you begin to see so much diversity. Can I share with you on this front row, there's a lot of diversity. On this front row, there's different ways in which they process things, different ways in which they think about things, different ways in which they go about their lives and want to do certain things. And you begin to think about the diversity that's right here. You see, there's going to come a day when these young people might be looking back, because me and Ms. Kelly and many of you others have done this, where you're going to look back in your life and you're going to say, oh, yeah, you remember that, that, that individual in the youth group. There's going to be a time whenever these young people go their separate ways. Some will be active in their local church. Some might get out of church, as Brother Jared already mentioned about his, his brother. And you, you kind of look back and you say, hey, you, you, Jonathan, uh, Jacob might say, hey, you remember Jared Hodges? You remember that guy? You remember how weird he was? <laughs> now, they're going to look back and they say, you, you remember that, man, that, that youth group. Man. Hey, you remember in 2023 when we went to Teen Extreme and Brother Johnny Pope was preaching and man, that message on the cross and the crucifixion and all, wow. And they're going to look back on all of this and they're going to, they're going to acknowledge all of the joy and all of the, 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 the times that they spent together and everything that was going on. And as you come to chapter number three, you begin to acknowledge here for just a moment that there was a work that needed to be done and there was a diverse group that was going to accomplish that work. Can I share with you, within our church, right this very moment, as Gateway Baptist Church, we have a work presented before us. We've got some young people that are fired up to take things to the next level. A diverse group. We've got a young church. We've got an old church. We've got a middle-aged church. We've got some that are being born. We've got some that have recently been born. We've got some that are at the age, uh, older in their age and still serving the Lord. We, we've got a diverse church. 
And the Lord is trying right this very moment to work in our midst. And I wonder if you would be found in chapter number three when the Bible says next unto him build it, next unto them repaired. Or if you'd be found in verse number five. While the work of God is taking place at Gateway Baptist Church and the, the lives of people, if you would be found in these words, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of the Lord. You see a very diverse group, but you see the unity here. And here's my challenge tonight. I don't want to be long. I don't want to take much time because I believe we've already heard much of what the Lord has done and what the Lord is trying to do. But here's my challenge to you. As I listen to these young people, through their testimonies, my mind can't help but think that this week they've come away saying, I choose the Lord. In three areas in which I want to encourage you as you think about chapter number three and you think about the work of Nehemiah and those that are around him accomplishing this work. Three things that I want to challenge you, and I'm not going to even elaborate much on these. The first one is this. I want to challenge you tonight to make a decision to choose the word of God. Say, oh, well, I've, get so much, I've got so many people that give great counsel. There's no greater counsel than that book right there. And there's no greater book than this book right there. There's nothing as you open the Word of God. You know, this past week we were able to go to, to, to Pensacola and as we were there, I remember I was walking through the bookstore and I was thinking, man, that's a great book, that's a great book, that's a great book. I mean, great books. But tonight as I was holding this back there, I was thinking, man, this. You know, those books are great, but this is the book that changed my life. This is the book that as I'm open right this very moment, it's a book that is alive. It's a book that is working. It's a book that is strong. It's a book that right this very moment has done a great work in these young people's lives. And we might look at this right this very moment and we're, as they're emphasizing that the, the one message that dealt with them specifically was the message of the cross. You're thinking, oh, what? the cross? I mean, you've heard from that pastor scripture so many times, and I believe the sad reality in many Christians' lives is we've gotten away from the cross. We've gotten tired of hearing about the cross, the old rugged cross. And we come into the house of God and we think, oh, yeah, you're going to that passage again? But as you visit the cross, you're put face to face with the reality that there was one that died on the cross, and you and I were so undeserving. It speaks of His love. It speaks of His grace. It speaks of all that He desired for us to understand and see. And as you open this book right here, this isn't just another book. These young people this week, as I was thinking about how the Lord was working their lives, they have chosen the Lord as they were opening their Bibles and allowing the Lord to deal with them. They weren't just choosing what they wanted. They were being confronted with the truth of God's Word. And they said, I either have to yield to it, I have to heed to it, or I've got to ignore it. And all throughout the week, young people after young people after young people, making decision after decision after decision. I choose the Lord and His Word. I choose the Lord. I want to challenge you to choose His work. I think sometimes within the Christian life, we assume that the work of the Lord is only for those who are called to full-time ministry. And some of the greatest servants in the local church throughout the years, especially those who have impacted my life, were not always the pastor of the church. It's not always the assistant pastor, the youth director, 
wasn't always the missionary that was coming in. Sometimes it was just the Sunday school teacher. Sometimes it was just the individual that was in the on the property working and they didn't, you know, have a specific title. They weren't having leading a ministry, but they were they were there. And this morning, just for a few moments, I began to have a conversation with Miss Sally. And many of you know Miss Sally has been heading up our K4 and K5. And for a time, she had uh, K3, I think even maybe two years old, two year olds, but K3 to K5. And she's, she's influenced many of the children that are now in some of our older classes. I began to think about that and was having a conversation and wanted to remind her of the, the amazing job she has done with that age group. Because sometimes we think, oh, it's just for those who are full-time. I want you to notice this for just a moment. In chapter number 3, as you walk through this chapter, and I challenge you to do this. Verse number 2, the Bible says, And next unto him builded the men of Jericho. And next to them builded, and next unto them repaired. Now, when we come to the book of Nehemiah, our mind immediately goes to who? Nehemiah. But I believe if Nehemiah were in the auditorium this evening, I believe he would raise his hand and say, Hey, we accomplished great things for the Lord, but couldn't have done it without these. Can I share with you, we have a mission field presented out the doors of this church, Clarksville, Tennessee, and the surrounding areas. Josh Farmer is not going to reach all of Clarksville. John Meadows, Zach Newman, any of the Sunday school teachers, any of the deacons, we're not just going to do it individually. But what could God do with our church together? If we said, Lord, I'm tired of playing games. Lord, I'm tired of only choosing Sundays to serve you. Lord, I'm tired of only choosing certain activities and certain times to live the Christian life. Lord, every single day of my life, I want to yield myself to you and say, Lord, I choose you, I choose your word, I choose your will, and finally, I choose your ways. Oh, the the ways of God, the work of God, as you begin to think about all of what the Lord has for us, and you think about His will for your life, we must come to the end of ourselves and ask the hard question, what does the Lord have for me? I was thinking about these young people. Many of you were here this morning and my parents joined the church and Miss Kelly and I were riding, uh, to, to church tonight and we were talking about my parents joining and, and I, I made this statement and I've got to be careful because he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's already got a big head. I don't need him to give him a bigger head than he's already got. But I made this statement. I believe that he would understand. I look back in my life and I look back at the days of my life. And I believe that much of my life, as I trace back the the work of God in my life and the hand of God upon my life and certain things that He was trying to do in my life and the times whenever I was running from the Lord, the times whenever He was getting my attention. I go back to the days in which I was in high school and I remember there were times whenever my my stepdad did not take a, a promotion because God was working in our lives right then and there. Now, as a teenager, I I don't understand all that. I just get excited. I say, yeah, we're staying. Yeah, you know. But looking back now, I was telling Miss Kelly, I don't know if I would be standing before you right this moment. And my parents didn't look at the the bigger picture of all of it and say, you know what? 
Lord, we, we choose you. I, I want a promotion. I want this. I want that. I want this. But, Lord, you're doing a deep work in my child's life. Lord, my will is that I would go and do this. I truly believe that would, what, what would be the desire. He's a soldier who doesn't want to be promoted. Lord, this is my desire, and if this is your desire, then you'll open those doors and close those doors. But Lord, whatever your will is, I say yes to. So it was Maranatha Baptist Church in Columbus, Georgia, where I was saved. Where I was called to preach. Where I met my wife. Where I go back in my mind, and there are so many individuals along the journey that the Lord used to help me to understand it's not about my will. It's not about my ways. It's not about my work. It's not about what I think ought to be said. No, it's about His Word, His will, His ways, and His work. And I go back in my mind, I begin to think about all of that, and I say, Lord, thank you. Because as a young person, I could have been doing anything and everything I wanted to. I remember I grew up playing basketball. Basketball was my life. Many of you know that testimony. My life was completely given to basketball, and I was, I was trying to do everything I could to make it to the NBA. Stop laughing. And that was my goal. That was my desire. And I remember as a 16-year-old man, it was as though the Lord was laughing at my, me in the face and saying, you're not making it to the NBA. You might as well just go ahead and get rid of that plan and go ahead and jump on board with my plan. And I remember as a young person thinking, you know what, Lord, I'm thankful. But now I look back as a pastor and I say, I'm so thankful. Because I remember sitting right here on the front row with my youth group. I remember going to teen camps and conferences and youth rallies and the Lord was bringing us together and I look back and I see all the Lord was doing. But I didn't truly see it until I made this statement and this commitment to the Lord. Lord, I choose you. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about every single day. The last night of teen camp, we had a time of testimonies with our group. And I told these young people, and I tell you tonight, the Christian life doesn't just happen. The Christian life is made up of decision after decision after decision. There are times whenever I get into the vehicle, happened this week, we were at teen camp. We were sitting at the table, and Miss Kelly said, hey, what do you want to do next? I don't care. She said, well, where do you want to go? Whatever you want to do. She's like, oh, you know, just make a decision. And sometimes that's how we treat the Christian life. Lord, I don't want to make another decision. You mean I got to make a decision? I was faithful yesterday. You mean you tell me I got to make a decision to, to be faithful today, and tomorrow I've got to make a decision to be faithful again? It's like, man, it's the Christian life. You mean I got to make a decision to read this book and to be faithful to your will and to, to make sure that I'm putting you first? Absolutely. Decision after decision after decision. Can I be real with you as we close tonight? Can I be real? There have been times in the last seven years where I've said, Lord, I want to quit. I believe there's been times in your life when you said that. 
And it was in those times, whenever as I spoke this morning and talked about the stillness, getting alone, getting away from all of the noise and getting away from all of the distractions where I had to stop and I had to say, you know what, Lord, it's not, not about me. I'm just throwing a little pity party. I'm just frustrated and upset and annoyed about this. And that's why I'm acting this way. When I take a step back, I say, Lord, I choose you. Every single time the Lord begins to put into perspective, continue to stay in my word, continue to walk in my ways, continue to do my will, and continue to be faithful in the work of God. Chapter number one, you see a burden that is so heavy. In chapter number two, you see Nehemiah uh, accepting the call to go and to be used with the Lord. In chapter number three, you see that Nehemiah understood that, hey, Lord, you've called me to do this, but I need all of these people to accomplish this great work. Can I share with you, this, this is... This is the group. I wonder if there's going to be some of those in our auditorium tonight that say, ah, someone else do it. Or if you say no, I understand what you're saying. Pastor, there's a diverse group. There's a mission field out there. There's a mission to reach. There's a mission to accomplish. And Lord, I'm choosing you. I believe I've heard from these young people this week that they've made a commitment. They've said, Lord, I want to choose you. I say to you, decision after decision, after decision. Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, help us to be faithful. Help us to get serious about these things. Help us as these young people have made decision, after decision, after decision. Lord, as they commit these things to you, may we find ourselves tonight as a church family committing some things to you as well. I thank you for the calling upon my life. I thank you for how you've worked in my life. You've guided and directed. And Lord, I thank you that you took my piece of paper and ripped it up. And Lord, as I presented a blank sheet of paper to you, Lord, there have been some times where I had some questions, but you've always been faithful. And Lord, tonight I'm grateful and thankful to be able to say that I choose you. Your word, your will, your ways, and your work. Just as Nehemiah and those around him were active in doing something. They were able to rejoice when the work was completed. I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd burden us. Draw us back to the altar. Help us to make the decision that we choose you afresh and anew. Use this time of invitation. We'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray.